Okay, and we're back. <laughs> this is episode one of the Real Solution Podcast, and what y'all don't know is that I messed up the first time, so... Take two. Take two, but episode <laughs> one, so here we are. Um, we're going to jump right into it, so immigration is everywhere right now, um, so... I'm sorry. Did you say something? <laughs> Introductions. We have. Oh, uh, of course. I'm the one and only Brandon Bad of Brandon Bad Entertainment. I'm here with my lovely yet crazy redhead and our special guest, Miss Amy. Yeah, this is this is funny. I really did mess it up, but I'm here. I, I'm I'm with this. We got it right this time. So back to immigration. Why did we choose immigration? Well, we chose immigration because it's such a hot button. You can't turn your TV on, your radio, your Twitter, and not see something about what's going on with immigration because it is such a convoluted topic. Um, And and you have to ask yourself, uh, it's, it's a hot button on the political front, but... You know, I also think that even more importantly, it's a humanity issue. These are people that we're dealing with, not just numbers. Um, And their lives are at stake in a lot of instances. Are they going to be here, there, or where do they go? Um, But with us, we're, we're just doing some research. I found out how little I really knew about immigration when we started to look into it as a topic for this podcast. Um, There's just so many things going on and so many things that our government, our congressmen, our senators are not doing to fix some of this. And it really just is a matter of some give and take. Not everybody's always going to, we're never going to make everybody happy, but we've got to do something to fix this. Um, we're not the experts. We're here to try to help educate and give you guys facts and details. Without you, we're not going to be as good as we can be. We need you to go to the website, which is www.therealsolutionpodcast.com. There are links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There is also a section on there where you can send us uh, your comments directly. Um, we want to hear from you. Um, this all got started because of things that just pissed me off. Um, and I still piss her off. And still <laughs> pissed me off. And then I found out I'm not the only one. Um, the two people that are sitting here with me, same feelings. But what do we do? Each of us is just one person. How do we make a difference? How do we fix anything? But it takes all of us to start looking at this. But we really do want people to be respectful. I don't want to hear name calling. I don't want to hear yelling and screaming. That's not going to get your point across, and it certainly will not get our attention. Um, We want to hear real thoughts, concerns, and solutions to what's going on out there today. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to talk about immigration. You know, for me, it is a humanitarian issue. But I do, I mean, you'd be a fool to not think that there's not some sort of economic principle and variables that go into play along with it. Um, so th- I know there's some things I'm going to learn in this as well. So I'm excited to talk about it because there's not much that I know. I, you know, I think about a couple different points. You know, I really find it ironic uh, such an issue coming from a country that was 
founded off of immigrants, I think that is probably the biggest irony of the century, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, just getting back to what we said, it's, it's about people. I mean, now you, now you get into like the government having too much power, like being able to strip families from each other, you know, and then there's some some things that just don't make sense, like why we have so many visas, why are there different stipulations for them? So I, I'm excited to have this conversation as well. The U.S. issues 55,000 diversity visas per year. Now, it was reduced in 2000 to 50,000. Wow. Um, now, that's supposed to be a temporary reduction at least through this year, 2019. Um, we do know if you're, if you're paying attention to the news or your Twitter account, the Trump administration is talking about doing away with a lot of these, um, especially the diversity lottery visas. Um, to know uh, what that is. Um, that's the one that's the biggest hot topic for uh, U.S. citizens now. The diversity lottery does not guarantee admission to the United States, but rather provides the opportunity to apply for the diversity visa. Um, the odds of being selected are very small, as an average of 13.3 million people submit applications each year. The problem people have with the diversity lottery it's also referred to as chain migration because one person it kind of wins the lottery your name is drawn you submitted your name it's drawn you get to come to the US with that you get to bring some of your immediate family members with you but the only one that's vetted is the person who won the lottery. Family members are not vetted. And that's where the a lot of citizens have a problem because I could be bringing my brother who is a terrorist or um, has radical thinking, um, but they're not vetted to come, only the person drawn. Um, well, that's funny. Okay, you say that. Um, but think about immigration and like... It's not just people from the Middle East. Nope. You're talking about people from South America, um, largely Hispanic population areas. You're talking about Asians. Um, so, I mean, that that's just wild that there's this type of program and we don't, and, and the stipulations that come with it, like you can just bring over anybody. Right. What's the criteria for that? Furthermore, what's the purpose of it? Tell me what the purpose of it is. If we just, you know, are we still promoted as, you know, the American dream? You want to come over to America? Is that what that lottery is for? I'm just curious. Oh, and I can tell you, and, and hopefully um, we will have one of um, the people that contributed to this podcast. Um, he is a successful CPA in Nashville. His name is Magdi Hanna. Um, he migrated from Egypt um, many years ago. Um, but now he did not come on a diversity lottery. He came on an educational many, many lottery. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say how many, but I do know it, it, it was in excess of 15 to 20 years ago. 
Um, but he came over on an educational visa. He said one day, you know, I want to be a CPA. He had already been in college over there. And then he decided... Some ordered, people decided they want to be CPAs? <laughs> Well, he did, and that's what he told me. He said that one day he decided, he wanted knew he wanted to be a CPA, but he wanted to be a CPA in the U.S. Mm. And so he ordered all of his books and stuff from the U.S., and he studied them and all of that. Um, yeah, I, I need to have a real conversation with him because I ain't never met nobody who just decided they wanted yes, to become a he CPA. Did. Um, and he did. He, and he's really good at it. He likes math. Um Exactly. And he specializes in um, when you're in trouble with with the tax people, too. So but when he came on the educational visa, if I remember correctly, he had a year in which to get his certification and all of that through the educational visa. And if he didn't finish all of that and he wasn't certified, then he had to go back. Now, before he even came, he had to sit with the consulate over there and answer a lot of questions about accounting and CPA and things like that before they would give him an educational visa. And so fortunately then, once he got here and he got through his certification, that's when he could start working towards a green card. He didn't get a green card when he first got here. He only came over on an educational visa. That's another hot point because those who come over on the diversity lottery, the minute they hit the airport or the customs or the checkpoints, as soon as they get there, they're already granted green cards. And I wonder how many other visas come with that stipulation. And we can look into that deeper, but I'll tell you, there are uh, about 185 different types of visas. There are two main categories. Um, You have a black card visa. You have the city forward visa. That's my favorite visa of all. You know, you just swipe. You swipe that card and then just clear your transaction. Great limit. I had that one. It's a good one. It's my favorite visa of all. Now, I don't like MasterCards. That's you know, they don't really do as well as I, but you know, I, you know, I thought there were more visas. Okay, it's there, time to shut him up. I know, folks. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, the oh, U.S. visas. There are non-immigrant visas. Those are for temporary visits, such as tourism, business, work, visiting family, or studying. Then you've got your immigrant visas, and those are for people to migrate to the United States. So in the two people that I talked to that came from Egypt, um, one was on an educational visa. The other was the immigrant visa, which was through the diversity lottery. Um, That's how they got here, and that's two different ways. We don't vet all these people who came with the chain migration, yet they all got green cards. The person who came over for education doesn't even get to start on his card till after his certifications. And how long can that take? I mean, are we talking years? <coughs> a certain time limit that they have? I think I don't recall. I w- I'm just sitting here wondering, when did chain migration begin? No. Back in zero BC. <laughs> <laughs> in the, let me back that up. When did it begin in the 
United States of America. When the first Homo sapien <laughs> migrated. <laughs> well, I you know I don't know because you know there there have been several influx of immigrants. Right. Um, the ones that used to come through Ellis Island. Sure. Um, and I, so I don't know that, ch- I believe chain migration was in effect then, but you didn't have to go through the same vetting processes as you do now. Okay. Um, because that was like a mass influx of people from Ireland, mm-hmm. um, from uh, your different countries over in the uh, European areas. Um, so that's something we can look up. I don't know what year that happened. I just know that basically now these are the two main categories, and there are more than 185 different visas to get you into the U.S. I need a list. And we can look that up. Of what they are so I can see which one I can apply for. Well, and there's two, I believe, that right now is part of the Trump administrations that they want to eliminate or decrease. Mm. Um, I want to say one of them is where you have like your unskilled workers, Mm -hmm. um, field migrants. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of them. You know, I, and this is just speaking from experience. I owned a store. I had a ton of lawn care services. You had those who played by the rules and you had those who didn't play by the rules. So there's a lot of debate. Are the illegal immigrants taking away American jobs or are these coming being brought in because we got Americans who won't do those jobs? You know, and what I look at also is how immigration is so racially profiled in the media. It's very much so geared towards people of Hispanic and Latino backgrounds. But do we forget that there are, before them, significant other racial groups who migrated to this country? I mean, think about the amount of uh, Asians Asian individuals who are here that own businesses here. A lot. Um, significant. Think about the amount of, um, I know uh, the Italian community was a big community that migrated um, to the country. So I, I think that's very interesting that I like to point out that in the media, in the news, for years, I mean, as far as I know, I remember going back. Um, you know, Middle Eastern um, individuals. Um, so as far as I remember, it was, of course, around 9-11, you have people of Middle Eastern descent and, and immigration, and then somehow we transitioned over into Hispanic and Latinos being a problem and the borders and the walls. I figured that either. I don't know where the, I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm trying to figure that out. Where, where we went yeah. in time to where that triggered, because it was yeah. 9-11 and Middle Eastern and profile and perception yeah. of rate of terrorists. And then somehow in the later years, we've now gotten into Hispanics and Latinos and build a wall and keep out Mexico and South America. I mean, I don't know where that went. Like we don't have other borders. Like we don't have other people. Right. Well, and the Southern border, is nowhere near as large as the (laughs) northern border. 
do what about I my notes? You are just a fumbling with these notes. <laughs> <I'm nervous. laughs> right, you're nervous. Well, I'm trying to keep up with with the the line of discussion that you guys have because, uh, like I said, there is so many different facets of the immigration part. Right now, the media, the and that's why we're going to talk about the media in future uh, episodes because they're horrible. Their big focus is the southern border. It's Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. Yeah. Um, and as much as we need to have some control over that border, it's not the only issue that we have. With immigration, I mean, people we, fly over all the time. Exactly, and that's what I—that's what I was looking for. Is um, I've got notes on just how many that is, um, but it's the people who come in by uh, air and sea. The biggest problem is that we—I say we—it's our government has no fully functional enforcement agency over visas. We don't monitor visa overstays, and we don't monitor visa expirations. And you have a wonderful topic to talk about, and his name is 21 Savage. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's 21 Savage. That, like, started an uproar. I mean, if you don't know who 21 Savage is, he is a rapper. He's an artist in the entertainment industry. Um, and he is from another country. He is not from the United States. And so that really gave people, especially people of color, like a quick, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why is this black man being deported? Why is all of this immigration conversation centered around him? Um, and some of the variables that circle around him, like the fact that he's been here for years, how long he's been here, when he got here, who'd he come with, was he on a visa? He has been also involved in some criminal activity, mm-hmm. um, allegedly. Well, no, <laughs> he, he was no, he was actually arrested in 2014, I believe it was the first time. Arrest records are public, but you know, the other stuff is alleged because you're not taking me down, girl. I'm not going down for y'all. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you would think that if someone who has been identified with such activity or reprimanded uh, via an arrest, why did we wait to 2019? for this to become a discussion? Like, what was your reason for letting him stay? What are the details behind it? You know, did he have a, a visa renewed? Who did, you know, what was, what were the grounds that he came on? What happened when he got in trouble the first time? Y'all didn't send him back, you know? So, I'm, I'm curious to have these questions. Maybe he'll be a blessing and come talk to us. <laughs> yeah, you go. never know. If you're out there listening, we'd love to be, and we'd love to get the first-hand story. Um, but that that really was like a, I want to call it a wake-up, but it was very interesting, especially for people of color, the black community, to see such a prominent rapper who is doing good things in, in the city he resides in. Don't let that fool you. Um, but it's just interesting to think, like, why did we get to 2019 if all of this information has been available, if you knew mm-hmm. that this is his record, that he of his origin, of where he's from, and whatever visa he may have, or whatever the details are, why did we get to 2019? And what 
triggered it? That's the real question. I think that's still unknown. What triggered it? Did he get in trouble again? Did something happen, you know, tax-wise? Like, what was the purpose? Because we still don't know that. I think my opinion is it was a, he's high-profile at a time when the hotbed is about immigration. Mm-hmm. And because of who he is, mm-hmm. the political arena and the media used him to perpetuate their program. And I can't say I don't believe that in some sense. I don't. I can't I can't do that. Well because when I when you go back and look at we don't enforce anything out of 12 million visas, 40% of the temporary visas never left. Um, they did not renew their waiver or their visa. They just stayed over their time. Um, that's the major contributed contributor to our immigration issue. DHS in 2017, there were 700,000 overstays just from air and sea travelers. That's not your that's not your coming across the southern border or coming across your northern border. Those are the people who came into our airports and our ship ports. Now what about the people that have been here for 30 years? You know, are we are we bothering them? Like they have families, they have raised children, They're working. they have been working, some of them own businesses. They're probably contributing to the tax economy. Mm-hmm. So what what is the disruption with them? Like how are their lives being changed? What is the purpose of disrupting someone's life? I mean, there are stories of men and women who are being deported and they've been here for 30, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. What's the point? I, I I just need to know what what point are you trying to prove? Or it, should there be something in place to help them if that's your you know intention? I just need to know, because then you cross into humanitarian issues, you're disrupting someone's life. Well, let's, that, those are some very good topics, <laughs> and I can address those um, with what I know, with what I've found out. Um, there was a couple of things you get into, you, you've got ICE, you've got DACA, you've got uh, catch and release. Oh, that's my damn favorite of all. Um, we shoot ourselves in the foot. And why? Because our own congressmen and our senators refuse to sit down and really work on this. And there's a hashtag you can use. Um, you know what hashtag? It's hashtag <laughs> get to work. Ooh. And that's been used with a lot of this going um, with many topics. You know what? Congress, when it's time for them to break, they go. They don't care if they've finished everything on their dockets. They don't, and if they don't agree on anything, it's tabled. Um, and on future, um, go look up because here's how here's how infuriating this was to me. I found a document. Some of you may already know that it's out there. It was called the Immigration Reform Bill of 2006. They couldn't agree on it then. If you read it, and I certainly didn't read all of it, I read enough to get what? Pissed off. (laughs) Um, 
a lot of the stuff that was being dealt with in 2006 is the same crap that we're dealing with now because our Congress and Senate did not bother to fix it. So 13 years later. Yep. So if you get a chance, go out and look at that. Um, here in the next couple of episodes, we'll actually talk about that bill um, in some detail. Because here's my thing. Damn it. They need to get that bill back out. And it needs to be dusted off, revamped a little bit to bring it a little more up to date to fix this. I know We're never going to make everything perfect. But we've got to start fixing. you got these kids with DACA. And this infuriates me because this is humanitarian, not, it should not be politically motivated. These are kids and young adults who had no say in life at one point because they were children. Their parents brought them over for a better life. Well, they don't know any other life except the U.S. Some of them were infants when they're brought over here. And like you said a while ago, they're in school. Mm-hmm. They have jobs. They're paying taxes. They're supporting families. They're doing everything that the American dream says is available to them. And in, you know, when I sat down and talked with um, Magdi and the other gentleman over Egyptian um, immigration, one of the things that struck me that he said was, he said, we see the American dream on TV. We see what it's like to be able in movies and clips of uh, commercials and things like that. Why we want to be in the U.S. And when they get these diversity lotteries, um, they don't always know which country they're getting to go to sometimes, was my understanding. And his thing was... The U.S. is the very first place that most of them want to go. Certainly there's some that pick Canada or Australia or something like that. But the biggest one is they want to come to America for the American dream. But he says, ultimately, they just want to get out of Egypt. And I'm supposed to say for a lot of other countries as well. And that's exactly. I can only speak right now to the Egyptian thing. Now, we work with a young lady who's from Bulgaria, and her parents just, they wanted out of Bulgaria because things were getting so bad. And he came across, I think, on a work visa, and it took a while to get his family over here. Um, But eventually, by following the rules, they did that. Um... So now you've got these DACA kids that are wonderful. Former President Obama signed an executive order that gave them amnesty, but he never dealt with the problem. And this problem's been going on since Clinton or Bush. I mean, it's been going on for a while. uh, Obama actually signed an executive order to grant them amnesty for a period of time. Congress and the Senate have yet to deal with the problem. It became a pawn for the Trump administration to use in bargaining over what he wanted for the border wall. These aren't pawns. They're not bargaining chips. These are human beings. These are young adults, in which case a lot of them are contributing. So what's the sense 
in threatening to send them all away. And some of these kids, and how far back does this go? You know, are you going to go back two generations or three generations? Are you going to cut it off if they're 25 or less? You know, what's going to happen with this bill? This is your own government determining what they're going to do. I look at if you go back two, three generations, were my ancestors considered legal or illegal? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What was the process then based on now? And it's such a horrible thing now. You've got kids who are scared to death. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of some of these people. You know, that's what I think about. I mean, these are children, you know, and some of the trauma that they are probably going to have face in the future. I mean, it will be PTSD for sure. Um, and some of the adults as well, like to be stripped away from the only life that you know. Like, I, I just need I just need to know what's the purpose and what's the real motive behind it and why are we trying to people who have been here for a while have established themselves there are children that are u.s citizens you know what why aren't we leveraging to have a formidable plan to help them rather than say you're undocumented and we're going to send you back to where you came from well that, that woman or that man may not have been there for 20 years where are they going back to who are they going back to you know, so I get into that perspective. Like I said, I do believe there are probably economic variables that go into place, and I would like to know more about them. But I can't think of the lives of some of these people. Like, yep. and I don't have children, but you know, I mean, I can't imagine what, 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 what in right mind person would strip a child from whatever parental that they have with them you know what what are you doing and putting them in these forms of essentially modern day concentration camps um you know what what are you doing you're spending money doing that then letting them be you know who's paying for those well and that's i point out go and look at the reform bill of 2006 Mm -hmm. i was floored um I don't have those notes in front of me, but I can tell you they addressed things like the people that are already here. It had in there, um, if you were here for X amount of years, they gave you this leeway. It was all on a path to citizenship. Mm -hmm. If you'd been here for like a year or less or you committed a crime, things like that, then you null and void, you got to go. And I agree with that. If you aren't living by the laws, then you don't have a right to be here. You gave that right up. Now, but that's a good point to say that they're living by the law, but when they're not given resources or they feel like then when I say they I mean these people who are immigrants um, basically they have no other options they're not given any resources in a sense not all the time um, that they feel like they may have to resort to criminal activity to survive you know so are you really going to send somebody back because they stole a chicken I, I don't know something wild like something media, medial like that you know what uh, in the sense that they're trying to survive, you know, they're doing the migrant labor um, undocumented, obviously. I mean, I can remember living in Atlanta at one point and like there was a gas station near the apartments that I resided in and like just seeing a group of men 
every day uh, who were obviously undocumented immigrants and like to just be picked up for work. Like, so what, what, what kind of conditions are they facing here as it is that makes them maybe result to criminal activity? Now, obviously, if you commit heinous crimes, hey, buddy, I, I can't help you. You're going to have to be prosecuted, sent back, whatever they got to do. But I'm saying there some stuff not to overlook what they've done, but there's a sense of survival is what I'm getting at. You know? And, and you know what, I can relate to that. That comes back to we're making them a political and not a humanity. Yeah. And just for people, I know most of you already do know um, what DACA stands for. Um, DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. It was an administrative relief from the deportation for children. Um, this act was created um, June 15th of 2012 by the Obama administration. Um, it was to protect these kids whose parents brought them over illegally. Because here's my thing. We've created our own hornet's nest. These people have been here. Um, We've done nothing to deter them, done nothing to follow up with them. Um, We shot ourselves in the foot. I can go back to, there is a lady, her name is Julissa Arce, um, A-R-C-E. She um, is emerging and a leading voice for immigrant rights and education. Um, At the age of 11 years old was the first time she had ever heard of um, being undocumented. Um, She was from Mexico. Her parents used to come to Texas every year. Um, They sold funnel cakes and things like that. That's how they supplemented their income in Mexico during the summer months. she was 11 years old the first time I think it said that she had heard the word undocumented well at 14 because they were on a tourist document or visa theirs had expired she so she still didn't really understand what undocumented meant well during this time um, her one of her parents became ill because of being undocumented, I don't. They didn't feel they could get medical treatment here uh, as easily or as freely as they could back in Mexico. So they opted to go back, but they left Julissa and I want to say a sibling or two here. So the next time she heard about undocumented was because she had been applying to colleges. Um, And she said at that point is when she understood because she was being denied uh, acceptance into college because she did not have the correct documentation. She was undocumented. Correct documentation is a social security number. Mm -hmm. So she did not have that piece of information. So then we shoot ourselves in the foot the first time. In 2001, Texas was the first state to allow undocumented students to go to college. Now, they didn't get financial aid or anything like that, but they were allowed to be admitted into college without U.S. citizenship or documentation. Now, why do you think that's a a shot in the foot? Because I ain't got no beef with that. Only because, obviously, they are young adults. They were raised here. 
Um, certain things are out of their control. So the continuation of their education, though it can have some sort of financial burden, I don't think it has that. I don't think it's as much as an impact as other areas regarding immigration. But this is our first level of the wall, per se. Okay. Now you have undocumented people in college. Mm -hmm. You're not tracking them. You don't know they're here. I'm not saying they're a financial burden or not, but it's our job to know who's here. It is our job to know who's in our schools, who we're educating, who is in our country, Mm -hmm. period. Well, they let them in. You would think that they have some form of documentation of who it is. She did. But what happened? They overstayed their tourist visa. Okay. That's our shot so in the they foot. Had, so I'm confused. Is it people that's already here or like people coming from another country such as Mexico undocumented and going to college? Or is it someone that's already here? Well, it's somebody that's already here, gotcha. but they came here illegally. Gotcha. And that could be, you know, I mean, that's just like um, you've got a lot of people coming from other countries right now because of the way our laws are written who come here specifically to have babies. I want my baby born in the U.S. because then they're a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. And, and by rights, then they feel they get to stay because that's their baby. They got to take care of them. Mm. So the the shot in the foot is, if you're not documented in some way, you can't present me with your visa or your correct paperwork to be here. Right. Why are we letting you be educated? Shouldn't they be here on an education visa? Because remember, now the people who did it right had to go through all those questions with their consulate to get here to have their year to get certified. See, to me, that's a slap in the face for all of the people who did it the way they're supposed to. Right. But they came from other countries versus someone, a child that's already here. Now, I do but think... She came from, but she came from Mexico. Right. They came on a tourist visa, but they overstayed the visa. Right. That's out of her control. So I don't put so much as that on... Why is that out of our control? No, her control as a child. Like... Okay. You know, at, a, at 10 right. years old, 11 years old, that's out of your control. And yeah. until she gets a conscious mind, seriously, until she peaks at about 17 or 18, where she can process more clear adult decisions. Okay, I agree um, with that. But the other part of that is I do think it should have been the school's responsibility as well to maybe help them with a plan of some sort to say, hey, we're going to make this decision because I believe education. Um, I, I, I think that was I don't mind. I ain't going to be for that move I think that was fine but the school should have also said we're going to do our part and to help you get into the proper steps well to me that should have happened at the high school level there is no there was nothing to say they could or couldn't be in high school Mm -hmm. she did very well in high school we're talking about your 17 18 19 year old age group I don't have no beef with that either in high school but you know this we'll get to this later but the education system regarding public education for grade schools because high school is still a part of that you know, there's so many counties and school districts mm-hmm. and who they're reporting to and where that money comes from. 
I'm not surprised that right. it didn't happen in high school. Although I think it is the perfect opportunity where it could have happened. It should have before we just opened the colleges in 2001. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's a it's a shot in the foot because here we have the perfect opportunity to keep control of it. Now all of a sudden we go, doesn't matter. Mm. Come on in. Here's where it gets really good. Because not only did she do well, she was given an internship to Sachs, Goldman Sachs. And Merrill Lynch, right? Well, she got the internship to Goldman Sachs, and she did really good. She was offered a permanent position with them. Now, mind you, at this point, she knows... She's in the wrong because she even says throughout um, her ideas um, that I could get she just needed to get enough dollars to achieve enough financially so that she could fix her immigration status. Because it costs money. And and so that was her first. She knew things were wrong, but she needed money to fix it. she used she just said I used those documents I'm assuming she just used the documents that her parents had left her that have no social no nothing Mm -hmm. now she says in her interviews and um, stuff that she made up a social security number so now here's where the second shot in the foot comes did she make up a number but lucked onto somebody, a deceased person or something, that let that number go through? Or did Sachs, Goldman Sachs, go, we have a problem here, Houston. She doesn't have numbers. Who dropped the ball? Because the minute they run payroll, that should have been flagged. Well, you know, on the other side of that, coming from someone who has completed documentation to hire someone, you know, once you send it to where you're supposed to send it, air quotes, think about how much of that is actually being checked. Because in reality, all I want to make sure is that the form is completed. But like, who's on the other side actually verifying that this is all correct legal documentation? I think how much, think how many forms of paperwork go through for employment for anyone, for any company around the country at any given time and any day, how much is being submitted? Like, I'm not surprised because I feel like it's more of a just a show for documentation rather than authenticating the information. Um, But you're supposed to be authenticating a social security number for payroll purposes, right? How How many of them do you think actually do that? Not, and not necessarily the company's end, because you can start the company and get the paperwork from your employee. Who are they sending it to? Who is it reported to? Is the IRS the people that's authenticating these details for payroll purposes? Like, who is authenticating that? Because I'm just supposed to make sure that you have it as the employee, and then where do I send it? So whoever's on the other end of that, who, what are they authenticating? Well, and that's what I'm saying. Who? It, where did that ball get dropped? You know my opinion on this one? Go ahead. I firmly believe that they used that girl as an example for political gain. That these mass organizations, like, and I'll call it on the carpet, like Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch, were paid off by political officials to look the other way because it made for a great news story. Mm. 
Well, given the fact that they are because very big. Because there's no way. If the, and Carol's right. If you filed for payroll, it would flag. If you signed up for health insurance, it would flag. There's just way too many things that would have flagged it. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. Because she went to work for Sachs, for Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And I don't know how many years she worked for several years for them. Um, wanted something different. And then she moved to Merrill Lynch. Now, these are two high-profile financial companies on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't, she wasn't just a secretary. She was a high-ranking executive for both of these companies at some point. Mm-hmm. So what does that say about our system? We don't have anybody monitoring what the hell is going on. Right. Well, you know, it all comes down to the one central thing, and that's money. Yep. But, you know, according to them, we in debt. So <laughs> I understand. Well, and if so. If such a money issue, why do we let these things happen? If we're so in debt and owe to all these people. Well, and she she acknowledges that she knows that that what she did was illegal. Um, she held her breath quite a bit um, because she was afraid that at any point they were going to address that she was undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, but it didn't happen. She is legal now. She did marry a U.S. citizen. To me, that's no. It should be null and void because you didn't follow the first rules. I'm about being fair. Mm-hmm. I, to me, when you have someone like this who blatantly comes in, and I get that things are hard, but why is it some people do it legally the right way, but you're going to fight for better, what did she want? She wanted to fix the system, the f- system that she blatantly ignored. And to me, every immigrant that came through answered all those questionnaires did all that hard work and paid all their their fees and applications and all that to me this is a slap in the face to them i can understand that because there is a level of work that they commit and put into i think her circumstances were a little understanding up until a certain age. Like I said, if she was came in as a child, there's only so much control or decision making that she has up until a certain point. Now, when you become a sound mind, um, then you should really honor the fact that you have to make some of these decisions. <laughs> the other part of that is uh, how much does it cost to apply for this? Because the government, we all know, is greedy. So, at her age... What type of income did she may have or may not have? Where was she working? Does she even have these funds going to college? But that's my thing. If she had enough ambition to get the money to go to college because they didn't, she, you know, she was not documented. She couldn't get financial aid. She had the gumption to get the money for her education. At what point do you go, I need to get this legal? And is that a fault of the country? Is that our government not putting enough of those things into place? Or is it just so damned expensive that a poor college kid caught in the cracks can't do it? I don't know. I would love to talk to her to know more of those details. I think it's money. Coming from a current college student, I have two classes left. I think it's 
I think it's money when it comes to school because you make the decision of you're on this path to finish to get it done so that it's no longer something that you have to worry about a chapter that's out and done um everything else is of lesser value is I have to go to school I have to finish school I have to pay for school so I get that perspective very heavily because I've been like that for the last few years like but what about making that if we know because obviously the college knows at this point Mm -hmm. she's not documented she can't get financial aid no nothing that's why I said the college should have had some sort of implementation because colleges are very powerful so I believe that they are also a little bit responsible in a sense because they could have put into place some sort of program or plan for those individuals. You don't get your diploma till you finish your citizenship pathway. I'm not going to understand that. That seems logical. That's reasonable in my opinion. We know this is the conditions. We know you're here and you're pursuing, but you have to complete this as well. This is important. So that, that holds it. So I could have seen that. So I, I think that's a fix that they could implement right there. I do too. Because I get, I get you wouldn't know in, in elementary school, you might be oblivious. Like I said, she didn't really understand what was going on till she started applying to colleges right. and being denied for that reason. Yeah. Until Texas said, hey, it's okay. We'll take you. But they never put anything in place to fix the problem of the undocumented. And then we go into these big, powerful countries. So that's where you guys out there in Listeningville can tell us what you think. I mean, this this is one that's really convoluted, and we've given you oh, some <laughs> um, real details um, talking about DACA and, and these kids that are not documented and what stands in their way. Um, over the summer of 2018, the reason the Trump administration decided to in DACA was there were 10 state attorney generals who wrote to President Trump asking him to end DACA with an ultimatum date of September 5th of 18. Now, Trump's been all over the board with respect to DACA, um, complained and wanted to about dismantling it um, in office seemed to signal a softer stance rather than the stance he took during his campaign. Um, administration announced ending the program. Then tweet, uh, Trump tweeted, does anyone really want to throw out good, educated, and accomplished young people who have jobs, some serving in the military? That blew my mind. You can be in our milita- military and be undocumented. Well, that's not a new concept. If I, you go back historically, no. <coughs> they use it for their own gain. So they see it as a way out to a better position in life. And the government uses you as a pawn for their own gain. Yep. yep. So, but it, it, there are things that need to be changed. You're correct. Um, I mean, we did a lot of conversing. This was good. Mm-hmm. This was really good. So we're going to pick back up on part two of immigration. This is getting good, y'all. In the meantime, remember... Our website is www.therealsolutionpodcast.com. Make your way there. Send us your questions. Send us details that you know. We want to hear this information. We want to confirm it. 
we want to have the conversation with you because, I mean, we're three average Joes and Josettes (laughs) 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 who know probably just as much as you do, if not, maybe a little bit more in the conversation. So... And by all means, if you have been through the immigration process, we would love to hear what your journey was. I would like to talk to 185 people who have experienced this different views. There you go. <laughs> I would really like to talk to that. Talk to them. Well, we're really glad that you guys are listening. I hope you have learned something from us today. We certainly hope you teach us something um, through one of our links. Um, but thanks so much. We're out. Bring the bed out. Woo!